Well, here we are back doing this again. I don't even know what we're doing, but we're here again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, honestly, I like, I'm glad we met, first of all. And well. I was like, dude, like, let's just like kind of like vibe. Like, I personally don't even know what we're going to do yet. Like, there's so many different like things that we can like write about and stuff. But I don't know. Well, we're going to figure that out. Yeah. We're going to like, you know, dig a little deep for it and see what's what comes yeah. up. Yeah. Okay. Well, welcome back to Cracking the Copyright. Today we have Josh Sadowski. Josh. Uh, Josh and I have met twice, technically. Yes. Yeah. One Today's time. Today's the third though. time. Yeah, yes. yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah. It's good to meet you again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we wanted to set this up. So we kept running into each other at different like creator events and things. Yeah. And so we're finally here to do the thing. Yeah. And let's get it going. Okay. All right, so we're here to write today. What's your vibe? What's going on? What's going on in your life? Yeah, what's going on in my life? Um, it's honestly been like a whole bunch of different stuff lately. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I've been pretty happy in the sense of like life is just like going well. In in regards to like my relationships, I feel like my friendships are are doing pretty well. I definitely had like a very actually intense conversation last night though, which really inspired some like, you know emotions and some ideas as to something like I maybe want to write about maybe it's not even today in the future but I just like went through like my entire year last year like I took a year off right so like I was in management for a bit like I started on social media but like I've always been like in music in the sense of like with my mom and stuff yeah but I spent so much time like building up relationships and friendships and like going the extra mile and just like just trying to be a good friend and unfortunately you know people took advantage of that and I think I was so blinded to how those people have like manipulated their way to use me, but also get to a place where they're also still in my life sure. because of like all the different friends, you know, and different like environments. And I've like come to accept, like, I'm f obviously com totally fine with that. I can be civil and like, I'm very forgiving and like, you know, like I, I still love them, but I've definitely been in a place where I'm like, okay, I definitely need to separate myself more and like kind of decide who's adding to my energy, like who isn't just, you know, using me or, you know, also it was one of, one of those situations, a very specific person where it was like, it took advantage of the fact that they know I was like emotionally and physically attracted and, you know, to them. yes. And then kind of like went with that. And was like, okay, like, what is like Josh gonna like do for me here and this and like, you know? Sure, yeah. I feel like that happens to so stereotypical many people. Los Angeles. It's so stereotypical, so stereotypical. And I'm also like one of those people where I'm like, you know, like preconceived notion of like LA, like everybody's so toxic, everything's like. I'm so like against that in the sense right. of like, it's about who you surround yourself with, realistically, and like the energy you're putting out. Absolutely. You're gonna find toxicity anywhere. Like my right. best friend, like that I grew up with, like she started me on musically, and she literally deleted my profile twice because we had access to each other's accounts. And I was blowing up at the time. I was getting featured like every single day. Damn. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. Like I'm like starting to grow. And she would like call me be like, oh my God, you got featured today. And then like she stopped calling. And then I was like, that's weird. And then one day my account was gone. So I was like, oh. and then like, it's not even just that situation. And we were also like 15, 16. So 
And I was like, you know, I felt we were both like pretty mature. So to do something like that. And then when we reconnected, when we were 19, she admitted to doing the second one too. And she had Two lied times? about it for years. She like pretended like she she was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry I got hacked, like whatever. And then I was like, I have this like feeling. I was like, I'm not going to be mad at you. And then she like told me that she did it and didn't apologize. And I like waited, I like waited for a second. I was like, she's going to be like, I'm so sorry, this and that, nothing. And fuck it just, that person, sorry. No, fuck that. no, literally fuck them. And these, you know, still try to like, have tried to like come back into my life. Like, you know, fully like, Love support what she does. She just does, doesn't sit at my table type of vibes. What's yeah, that Tupac yeah, yeah. saying? Do you know what I'm talking about? It's um, you you will always you may not have me as a friend, but you'll never have me as an enemy or something like that. I'll support you. Just won't sit at my table. But it's just like something I've like learned of like I can still respect and not be bitter about things like that. Yeah, yeah. it's and a lot like, of weight to carry. Did you have to start from scratch twice though, and that shit got deleted? <laughs> yeah, and it took them three months to recover the account both times. And the second, I was like scared. I was like, I want to post a video, and it's like not gonna blow up. And then it did. So they did recover the yeah. account. Yes, they did recover and the this account. This before she TikTok. A- this was musically. Yes. Yeah. And she like went through and blocked every single person to remove all the followers. And that's a, that's a commitment. Commit. Like, honestly, like, that's, some petty like shit. that's a lot of work. <laughs> like if you can go through all that trouble, like good for you, whatever, I guess I deserve it. Like also like, why does she have my password? Right. I guess I trusted her too easily. I trust pe- a lot of people too easily, but whatever. Yeah. Um, well, that's something to write about. Just, just to interject there. Trusting yeah. people too easily is something we could touch on in a song. I agree. I think I also like I've written a lot about mental health in the past too. Like a lot of my project right now is it's I have very complex like not to like you know like word vomit or like talk about everything but like you know I grew up in a like I was homeschooled. And well, I think like, we should do that. Let's give a little background. Yeah, just yeah, because yeah. You know, if people don't know who you are. Yeah, I don't know who you are. And like, yeah. just to give us a quick baseline. And I want to, then you've I don't got, know who you've you got you a nice fashion sense. Right, right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thrifted. And how thrifted. we ended up in this room together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that first really quick. Sure. Right. Or, or what do you want to do? No, you can give your background. Okay. I'll give a little bit of background. Um, the, okay. Entire life homeschooled. So like that in itself, like I know my parents were also both in ministry. So like I was in church like every single day and you know, we were like always on the road. It was a very like chaotic lifestyle. My mom was an opera singer from Mexico and she's um, from Merida, Yucatan, Mexico. And so she came as a missionary to the U.S. with her, like with my two older half brothers and like moved here. And then like the ministry, like got sued. And she's like, it was this whole thing. Right. And so she like really fought like for her kids and like was just amazing. And so she like raised me, like she was a stay at home mom. And so my dad was like always working. We were always on the road. And so I've had like a very interesting experience in the sense, and it's actually interesting like to say it here because I've said it in one interview and I just had like an article that came out last week, but Mm -hmm. like being able to like confidently say now that like I'm part of the LGBTQ community is like insane because I couldn't do that for my entire life. And I just came out to them like two months ago and that in itself. How did that go? (sighs) Holy shit. It was like, it was a lot better than I expected. I had been having nightmares, which is also something I've been thinking about lately too, of like, I feel like I've healed a lot and then I've written a couple songs about, you know, about that whole situation. But I was like literally tormented day in and day out in the sense of like, it was such a burden to where psychologically I was like, you know, coping with different things. Like, you know, like not, not nothing like crazy, but in the sense of like, I just was felt depressed like yeah. I couldn't get out of bed and music was the only thing that like I kind of felt excited to do but everything and like 
I tried to have like a perfect life, you know, is what I show to the world, whatever. But I was going through a lot. Yeah. And so it came to a place where I saw the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once. Have you seen that? No. Everybody but keeps saying our co-writer, to see it. frequent co writer, close, close friend, Sophia. Okay. Sophia Quinn. Do you know Sophia? I, by chance? I'm, I said this earlier. Oh, yeah. I'm so bad with names. <laughs> no, like it's actually so bad. Um, so if I had a photo, I'd probably be able to like. Okay. Well, she. The last few times we've seen her has brought that up every and we, every time. And we keep we without ha- fail. Yeah, we still haven't gotten to it, but yeah, no, I probably won't drop it either. I tell people I literally have spoken about. It, I think at, with at least one person every day the past like yeah th- since I saw it like three months ago. Um, such a great movie. So watch it for sure. It was that day that I saw the movie, and that night I went home and I wrote out this like very long like letter to my mom and then I texted it to her the following day and it was crazy like I was like on the verge of a panic attack the entire time for like, sure I literally there's a video of me like my friends like I'm like doing like an ice bucket thing like 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 literally so like I could like calm down because I was so anxious about it of course it it's was, your life yeah no literally and like I would have called but hear me out like it was one of those situations where I knew exactly what I wanted to say and how I wanted to say it and it was one of the things I wanted to get that across and not let my emotions get in the way of how I was going to express myself over the phone and I wanted to have a conversation after on the phone like I told her that and so sure. super loving super like accepting and supportive which is like everything I wanted because like I was like very very close to my mom and so that was that was um great but like you know I still hadn't come out to my dad and then they came to visit me it's like a month and a half ago for my brother's baby shower it was down in San Diego so I was like yeah like come and I'll drive you all down I was anxious for sure like, yeah and I like called my brother and your mom hid it from your dad for yeah for like a month because she wanted that's a big me- ask of her and yeah that's and a lot of respect that she did that for you she did and i really do respect that because i was like because my dad like he has parkinson's disease like he's getting a whole bunch of studies done but like it's like really like the tremors are like really bad and so my mom was like telling me about that and so like that was a huge concern too and she like wanted me to talk to my dad like i wanted to talk to him yeah and so well, and it's your conversation to have truthfully yeah like, I think it's important that parents have individualized relationships with their kids. And yeah. So it's important for you to have done that, I think. Yeah. And I think like that's another thing too of like, obviously like, you have to communicate with your spouse and stuff like that. But also like if I come to my mom from a place of like vulnerability and like, you know, wanting to have that conversation with my dad and, and also knowing how difficult it is and like how thankfully like I wasn't living at home, but it's, it's one of those situations where I've had friends where they've come out to their mom or you know, sister. And then they like immediately tell the parents and don't respect that. And like, next thing you know, they like literally get kicked out. And just because they simply are born a specific way and they choose to like, like not even choose because they are who they are and they love someone of the same sex. Like it's just, it's so crazy to me. Well, and that's why a lot of teenagers become homeless even. Yeah. Cause it's that serious or suicidal or yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really bad. Like I, I really was at a place mentally like I I don't even know how I dealt with it for so long and that's like for a lot I have so many friends who have like come out to their parents or like you know or they you know like their diary was read and that you know by their mom and then they like found out and then they were like you know told they could never like have anyone over or whatever or I had one friend and like he's now in like um he's now in entertainment and but he was like kicked out at 15 like literally kicked out like of his like home and it's like and he's he literally went through so much like the trauma was insane well imagine just even making that choice as a parent where it's like yep see ya 
Yeah. Some people's, some people's uh, religious values, and I'm not saying it's just religion, but some, most of the time, some people's religious values triumph that. My my problem with that is like I grew up like in the church stand at like Pentecostal, Baptist, like Catholic, like every like. Your dad Everything. was a minister. Yeah, my mom. Oh, my your mom, mom yes, was, was a My dad, like, was the supporter for my mom in a sense. Like, gotcha. he was still, like, a minister, but my mom was, like, the, she, like, did exorcisms and, like, she would, like, she, she like, in reality, she's a very, like, she's a powerful woman. And, like, she, like, like would have, like, visions and she, like, pro- would prophesy. And, like, I, I, the res- like, the respect I have for my mom and, like, her love for people is insane. Mm-hmm. And so I've seen that. And, like, even, like, the way she would befriend gay people around me all the time as a kid, I found so interesting because you could sense an energy of homophobia from certain people, but from her, I never sensed that, even though at verbally there were, you know, moments that things were sad or whatever. My, my issue with all of that is that if you are a true Bible believing Christian and like, I still identify as a Christian. If you, if you are a true Bible believing Christian, your job is to be there for your child and to be there for your spouse, or if you don't have a spouse, to be there for your child and to nourish them. And it is not your responsibility, ye without sin cast the first down. Like, I'm so sorry, but you are not fixing anything. You are not fixing your child with their issues or whatever. Right. It's your responsibility, if you believe it's wrong, to hand it to God. I don't believe it's wrong. And like, people like people like who are like, you know, super religious, like, oh, that's like biased or whatever. And I'm like, in reality, Jesus Christ in 33 years of ministry, like never spoke against homosexuality and 33 years of like his life. He never spoke against it. And he like was always such a great, such an amazing Samaritan and like embraced the, you know, the, the mistress and embraced the, the, the cheater and embraced the, the murderers and embraced, you know, healed the sick on the Sabbath. You know what I mean? Like he broke all the rules. Sure. And, and, and it's like that in, in the sense of all the people that are looked, looked up to in historical figures and different religions as well. Like a lot of them just literally spread love is what a lot of people don't realize. And to me, it's like so hypocritical that, because your child's sexuality it's 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 you know why because you're projecting your insecurity of you're projecting your insecurity of what like how great of a parent you are and like how you maybe raise them wrong right True. or or how they're a mistake and this and that in a sense so anyway sorry i went into a full ramble but that's just like it's so frustrating to see that and yeah. it was definitely a fear of mine right like, i knew my parents loved me but it was definitely a fear that's why i like didn't want to do when i lived there and i didn't move out till i was like like full time till i was 19 Right. And so then you were on a drive to San Diego. Is that? Yeah. So I was going, so I called my brother on the way to San Diego and I came out to him, super loving, accepting. And like his fiance, like her sibling is non-binary. And, um, it's just one of those things where like, I was like, wow, like my brother is like so chill about it. He's like, what? That's like so cool. Like, yeah. Right. Hell he's yeah. like about to have a baby. Like, it's so sick. And then uh, we get back from San Diego and it's the last day. We like go to Castaway and Burbank. Like so good. I don't know if you guys have been to Castaway. It's so good. So I take them there. Such a like, you know, fun little dinner with them. And we go back to the apartment and I'm like about to like sit down. Like I can just feel this like energy, like this tension. And I'm like, oh shit. I'm like, I'm, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I like hold a little Apple TV controller. I'm like, play, pull up Netflix, right? Like Netflix. And my mom's like, no, he thought like we need to talk. And so we went into this conversation and, you know, there were a lot of waves and emotions. My dad was downstairs, like taking a nap. And so we like all the, 
emotions and everything. And it was one of those things like towards the end of the conversation, it felt like she loved me unconditionally, but like her religion was still going to give her the belief that I was like going to go to hell for eternity for something. And so I made that statement. I was like, you know, but like, I feel like you believe I'm going to like go to hell for eternity, which like still hurts in the back right. of my mind. And she said, no, he no, I don't believe that. I believe that you're in the palm of God's hand and like he loves you no matter what. I just want to make sure you're at peace because she then started opening up to me about stuff. I didn't know. Like she lived in LA for 10 years and she was in theater and she used to work with like the trans community. And like, I never knew this by the way. Like I was like, what? She was like, yeah, all my friends were gay and they would come to me and there was like, they would always like be like crying and it was so scary. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, one, that was a different time. And I was like, it's True. still like that in a sense that like, there's a lot of trauma that people go through because of situations like this, where it then can become projected on relationships. And I'm like, I'm thankful enough that I feel like I've found my peace. And this is the one thing, like not being able to like accept who I am yeah. that has gotten in the way of that. So had the conversation with my dad, super loving, supportive. Like it was like, I, you know, it's still one of those things like we had, I didn't want to go in, into depth into like that whole conversation. Cause it was just like, as long as we can end it on a note, we're like, you know, we're all like holding hands yeah. and like hugging. We watched a movie under the night and like I went on a drive and then I literally wrote a song in the car. Um, it's called the same. And it was, I'm like, I'm so excited because the song just is like from a perspective of like, I felt like there was this burden, like my entire life that was lifted, but I was like, what I was like what is it I was like that's still like what is it that's there like why do I feel like I'm gonna come to this situation again I was like on my wedding day I was like the day of like you know are you gonna approve of my marriage are you gonna be there and like and so I wrote that song and like I wrote in like 30 minutes which was so insane like how it just flowed out of me it was such a release like to be able to translate those emotions and but yeah that's like I haven't even really shared that story with too many people, but it's yeah. it's one of those things where I feel like I I'm really like blessed though that it went well because I love you. So your dad was approving. He was very loving and uh, and like he did not approve of the fact that he basically was saying like technically like it's still a sin and it's something that can be overcome and. That to me was rough. I was I was prepared for that though. Sure, it was more important to have the conversation. Like you know, but he was like holding my hand, and and he was, he's also seventy three now, and I'm his only son, and so he does have a, a a place in his heart where I know like, and he's he's become a lot more accepting. I've noticed in the past few years, and like when he was like in his sixties, like when I was like you know a teenager, and it was hard to hear that for sure. Yeah, but. I made a statement to him that I felt like I was never able to say to myself ever. And to be able to say it to him in that moment was insane. I was like, I'm going to live my life not holding back who I am made in Christ's image or in, in God's image of like who I am as an individual, which is getting in the way of my growth and my spirituality, my individuality, my identity. I'm going to stop restricting myself because it's holding me back from being the best version of myself. And I'm going to continue to live my life loving others and being led by, you know, the Holy Spirit or like what are the, 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 an energy that feeds other people's souls. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if I live my entire life sowing love into everyone around me and then especially 
the person that I'm going to marry one day, which I have no choice, but like, I'm going to choose to love, like, like it's a sin to love another human being unconditionally. Like I'm going to do that. And if God sends me to hell, then I'm going to hell. And that was like, whoo, it was like saying that was like, it was huge because it like allowed me to express a place of, cause like, as a, I was so brainwashed in a sense, like I literally thought, like obviously I would like cry every night and like I would pray and like fast and ask God to change me. Cause like, you know, growing up as a teenager, I also didn't have any gay friends. I like, didn't know anything. Yeah. And I literally was like, I would like consider like maybe if there's like a conversion therapy or something up there, out there until the age of like 18, which is like crazy. Cause like, I feel like a lot of my friends, or even, even 19, really, like I, I doubted like if it was wrong or right. Like a lot of my friends, like they just, ex- like they were able to accept who they were at an earlier age. And like, it took me a long time for sure. Yeah. But I'm happy now in, in the sense that like, it's helped me so much creatively and like where I feel I can be vulnerable and freely express myself. And that's and, so like, important. That's where the best art's going to come from too. And yeah. that's the stuff that's going to connect with people. And influence people in a positive way and make people feel loved and make people feel heard. It's you being fully you. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I'm not, I don't have this like filter up anymore. Like when I do my videos, like I act how I want to act, whatever the character is. And, uh, you know, cause I totally still the, still do the comedy stuff. Right. And, but my music, it's, it's very, very like, very sad. Most of it, very like emotional, um, in regards to it's it's my diary it's honestly my diary from the past three years of all like even with my relationships like or situationships and let's just call them situationships it's never really actually relationship like also the situationships and all the like heartbreak or whatever and everything i've gone through i felt like i had to go through all the motions that a teenager gets to go through in their love life at such an early age all that heartbreak at such a late age in a real world place where i'm a full-grown mature adult where I feel like I'm ready for stuff and like have to like learn to deal with those emotions later in life was so difficult. Cause like I was doing so many other things. Right. And, and if you were keeping yourself uh, for lack of a better word, closeted till you were 19. Yes. It's a little yeah. hard to uh, experience those things, especially cause you yourself felt like it was sinning. Yes. No, exactly. Like I wasn't out to like, 80% of my friends until I was 21. So last year is when I started coming out. So like I was, they obviously like all knew, but it was, I like, I, it's so funny. I look back on it and like, I look at the videos that we all have together and stuff. I'm like, it's honestly so funny in the sense of like how they just respected to wait yeah. until I came out, which I love. Like nobody like that's good pushed, which made me feel comfortable. And I think that's another thing too, is a lot of people when they're like, Oh no, like you should like, you have to come out, you should come out and like, you should, but there's, you have to get to a place where you can also com- be comfortable in your skin and like work on those emotions and those things and have people around you who support that. Yeah. Cause I needed my time for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's some positive concepts and all of that too. I know you said most of your music is written like a diary and it's oftentimes sad and negative, but you just mentioned a ton of positive and that's your life too. So yeah, exactly. And I want to start writing more about that. Like I started working on the song yesterday and it's like, it's in my dad's, had, dad's handwriting. It's like the only tattoo I have. And it says, be still. That's cool. And he always just say like, used to say to me when I was like anxious, cause I have like really bad anxiety, but like whenever I was anxious or like, I would be frustrated cause I wasn't like thinking of creative ideas. He'd be like, be still and wait on the Lord. And so I like wrote this song about it. And it's like this super, it's a very like, I feel like uplifting song in the sense of 
you know, I'm like commanding myself to be still and like embrace that moment. It's like super like euphoric and like, I'm like really excited to like finish that one. That's really cool. Amazing. But it's, I, yeah, I'm like the really, have you heard, um, his name's Jake, G V K E. Yeah. Okay. So I've like, we've never met, uh, we've just like been mutuals for like a year and a half and he's like, you know, he's doing an amazing, he's doing his stuff right now. Yeah. But I remember like listening to um this is what falling in love feels like at the very beginning and i was like i was like this is gonna do really well i was like this is he's he's insanely talented and um the the most recent one he did called golden hour which i don't know if you guys have heard it have you heard golden hour i don't think so it's it's so good it is so good and um it's it's a long it's 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 kind of like the vibe of like good days with SZA like very I feel like you know bringing in as many elements because I love like I really love strings and like harp and I love classical music like I have a song based off Moonlight Sonata that we like are finishing next week that's cool is that is that like your vibe uh, like, what, what's y'all's vibe I'm just in like obsessed to what you with love orchestral scores and. <sighs> uh, the first thing I'll do when a movie comes out is listen to the whole score. And I usually end up liking the score more than the movie itself. Yeah. Uh, generally, when I'm driving my car, I'm listening to scores. Like, I... Really? This man we insists do, on strings in everything, and I think it's great. Good. So, okay, Yeah, same. I've, like, really tried to dial it in. And sometimes when people are like, oh, we want to put live strings on this, I'm like, but listen what I did. And tell me if you can tell it's not live. And yeah, I'm well, sure now with modern libraries, it's really hard. I'm very particular when it comes to orchestral elements. Very particular. What would you say is like your favorite score? <laughs> I think that's like probably a tough. We're gonna be that's here for tough. a while. Well, yeah. I just think it changes by the day, just because I'm re like inspired by all the new scores. And that you hear come new out. shit every time you listen to the same score. It's like new elements coming. Yeah, out. yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, same with a pop song. Like, truthfully, you can listen and interpret it. 20 different ways but a score it's just even more there's just yeah there's such emotional depth to scores that almost evokes the same emotion if you were to listen to like a ballad right yeah but you get the lyrics and the melody coming through but when you take the human voice out of it all of that still can come through you just got to figure out how to do the right parts to make it feel that same way and so I don't know. I'm, by far, is going to be Interstellar because it's my favorite movie. I'm obsessed with space. I'm a weird space guy. Physics, everything. Really? I'm like super, super nerdy when it comes to that. Really? Um, well, like, you know, the telescope, everything. I was going to say the Hubble telescope. That's oh. the latest image. This yeah, is the he, James he replaced Webb. our background with that. So I say it looks good. It looks good. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm kind it's of my a nerd phone's too background. Stuff like that. It's on. the background of my on my phone. Like I really, I have a little bit of a polarizing question. Then, being the religious person that you are, and coming from a religious background, what do you think about all the science and space that's been uh, kind of coming out? Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things. Like I, I believe I lo- they can coexist. I do believe yes, that, but it's I do too. So. My thing is like, I was like a science, like, like I love, I do love science and I love understanding genetics. Like that's genetics are huge yeah. for me. And like, I'm not like an expert Like when I say like, be like, okay, no. But like, I used to be a part of as a kid, this creation science, um, organization in Indianapolis. And we, they worked with like Ken Ham and like, we used to go to the creation museum and like part of like Noah's Ark and all that. So you could definitely say I was like, I'm a type one diabetic, by the way. And it says, am I dying? No, I'm good. Okay. 
Um, that's my like not is so it bad emergency. To you? Yes, it is. I've got like little like I've got. Do a you need a snack? Um, We've got snack. No, I'm good. It's a little high, but she's fine. She's fine. <laughs> she's she will deal with it. Honestly, wait. Actually, I'll put a little bit of insulin. We'll pull out my little BlackBerry here. My little PDM thingy. And does it connect to the thing and tell it to do its thing? Yeah, it's like crazy because I used to have to use an insulin pen yeah. before I had insurance. And I used to have to go to Mexico to get my insulin because like... It's asininely expensive here? Yeah, no, it's insane. Like without insurance, without insurance to like do, like have an Omnipod Dexcom between like your endocrinologist, like to like be a healthy diabetic in a sense and to actually live your life like somewhat normally and mm -hmm. like still have to deal with all the complications and all the bullshit. Like without insurance, it would probably cost you like six or $7,000 a month. And like honestly, minimum. And like, that's, that's what we were having insane. to do. So we would have to go to Mexico for my endocrinologist. I'd right. like, have to get my insulin pens there. And I couldn't like afford to have this stuff. And so now basically- So do you inject yourself with the pen or how would it work? Not any, yeah, normally you inject yourself with the pen, but with this, so like right now my Dexcom, which is a 24 hour glucose monitor, it like tells me what my sugar is at 24 seven. And then I like change it out every 10 days, like a little patch and like, I'll put it on like my stomach or whatever. And like right now my sugar's at 223, which is kind of high, but it's not like too bad. So the insulin will then reduce it? Will then reduce it. And so then here I plug in what my sugar's at. And oh, you know what it is, is I had that and oh. I didn't count for it and that has 10 grams. So I'll put like seven because there's probably seven grams left in there and then it'll calculate what I already increased oh, nice. and then do like 5.25 units. And so all I have to just know is like what I'm putting in my body. Like, right. And which after four years, because I was diagnosed at 17. Like I didn't get it. Like it's normally the one you're like, because it's type one. Like yeah, the one it's you're normally like, when you're like a kid. Yeah. No, I got it at seventeen. Like I lived a totally normal life until, until that. So now that's doing that. How quick will it respond on the on the app? Probably like thirty minutes. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And so it's like this. And one's what does being life. high feel like with it high? Do you notice a difference in your body? I don't until it's in the three hundreds. I start getting more lethargic or like my thoughts are kind of scattered um or i like stutter more or can't you know what about if it's too low too low i get like shaky very scattered lose my balance yeah yeah i like literally had a near-death experience this year in february in new york like i collapsed on the train and that was like that's the scariest experience i've ever had were you by I've yourself no i was with three other friends but we didn't know where we were in like the middle of this like subway in New York and it was like 3 a.m. And like my friends didn't know what to do and I didn't have because like I'm so unprepared and like always lose my shit. But I am supposed to have like this like emergency like back see me like brings your sugar. It's like an EpiPen for diabetics. And like I didn't bring it with me because I was like, ah, whatever, like I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. And I like, <laughs> you know, it just so happens to be that I'm like collapsing on the train in the middle of nowhere. And it's so funny because I'm like, I'm like, I'm like literally like my eyes are closed and I'm like sugar, sugar. And I'm like juice. And like they like my friend Luana Gabe bless you, you met Gabe yeah. bless their hearts but they like run up and get me this like funnel cake and I'm like bro I literally like can't even talk or like open my eyes how am I gonna eat this oh, no. it was the best they could do but thankfully like while Sam stayed with me there was this like lady that was walking did you, by did you eat the funnel cake or no I could like you can't you I could, couldn't gotcha. but I could but I was like getting better because there was this lady with the Trader Joe's bag and she had like creamer and so I had to chug this creamer it was so nasty and it had a lot of sugar in it thank god but even then I chugged like half a bottle of creamer which probably would have been like over like 300 something grams yeah. of carbs and even an hour later the 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 
ambulance didn't get there till like honestly 45 minutes, like an hour to find us and everything. Hour later, I was my sugar was still at 50. So my sugar was at like low and that low, low. Whoa. So how does that happen? You just didn't eat all day or I didn't eat all day and then I injected insulin. Um, I didn't have a pod on because I ran out of pods. And so I was basing off a pen. And what happened is I it was honestly my fault. I injected insulin but didn't eat anything because I was expecting to eat something. Right. And then, and also my sugar was high. So anyway, it was like a whole... So the insulin, uh, sorry for being no, uh, no, 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 ignorant on the subject, does no, it no, eat no, the good. sugar, insulin? Yes. It kind ups, of, it, it like breaks it, down the sugar? It carries the, the sugar into the cell. Gotcha. Yeah. So, it, and like the beta cells like produce the insulin, which comes from your pancreas. My pancreas like tapped out, apparently. She's just like, I'm done. I'm going to tap out of this. And so I didn't have beta cells. And it's also it's also technically an autoimmune disease. So like it starts attacking your beta cells. So then your pancreas, it's just like a whole thing. So when you're but, low, you need sugar. When you're high, you need insulin. Exactly. So literally it can happen that quick. Like if you didn't have the creamer, you couldn't eat the cake. You know, it, honestly, it... I'm really surprised. Like, I'm if that lady did not have the creamer in her bag, like I wouldn't be sitting here right now. Really? Like, yeah, I was really close. My heart rate was starting to go like really high. I remember feeling like my face was blank. I like felt cold, and I I literally just I was trying to stay awake because I was wow. about to pass out. Did you feel it coming on on the train before you passed out, or was it? Th does it, it happen I, really quick? So I did because we were at this like experience in New York, like where like it's like all glass and mirrors. And it was what also what sucked too is it was my friend Luan. Like I flew all the way to New York for her birthday. Like we all went together, and it was her birthday, and it was also her birthday falls on Valentine's. So like, you know, oh. like and so we're having I like I like played like his song for them in the AirPods. Like it was just such a good night. And I was with my friend Sam and. My towards the end of the experience, my sugar was low and my Dexcom was telling me. So I went in line to get orange juice and I finished the orange juice, which normally like yeah. pumps you right back pumps up. Pumps me right back up. I guess it wasn't enough and my phone died. And so 10 minutes later on the subway and I feel a little kind of just like lightheaded, but I'm like, whatever. And then I just like out of nowhere, I just, my head starts turning. I collapse wow. and like, I just like, and they had to like carry me and... It was a it was a very long night. I ended up in the ER, and they like wouldn't tell them how I was or what was going on. And so they're they, not family, exactly. And so they oh, didn't know. Shit and, and I was out. Like I like had I I fell asleep as soon as I got into the yeah. ambulance. I just remember them like, you know, talking about diabetics, and you know, I was like listening, and you know, one nurse didn't know anything about diabetes, and it's funny listening to the other one like talking. It was actually, it's so funny. They were also just talking about the most random stuff, and I, I just remember like listening and kind of just yeah. laughing internally. I was like, this is so funny. <laughs> but, um, you know, they helped save my life, so thanks to them. Yeah, that's incredible. And the lady with the creamer out there, if you like, if, if anyone were to ever like, thank you for your Trader Joe's creamer. Because somebody, they could have just turned around and walked up the stairs and left you. No, she she actually said, oh, no, I don't. And then she came back because I told Sam, Sam, like, I was like, I was like, I need you to ask her to like shout, shout. And I was, I was like, sugar. Like, I was like trying to get it out. Yeah. But there was only so much I could do. And then nobody had anything. And then she like didn't. But then she came back. She was like, I found this creamer at the bottom of my bag. Like, or like, this is a creamer I bought at Trader Joe's today at the bottom of my bag. And he was like, thank you so much. I like checked the label and it, thank God it wasn't like a sugar-free right? creamer or something. Can you imagine? Like, 
that would have oh, no it was so bad and so thankfully it had sugar and so i chugged it and everything was good just for the longest time i don't know what it's due to but i've never been a big you know it happens for a reason kind of guy but i yeah. feel like i'm slowly starting to be converted because the stories i keep hearing are just like these chance moments where there's one person standing there with a bag and just happens to have the right thing in that moment whereas in yeah. new york because austin's from new york i lived in new york for two years really? Uh, before we moved to LA and I know what it's like in the subway you get off at stations there's there's not shit around like no. you'd have to sprint. nobody wants to fucking talk to you either no, we were also in the worst spot possible in the middle of a t- tunnel a long tunnel with no signage no signage so it's like to get out it's like a long way you have way. to walk all the way to the end then up all the stairs and then, and then find then, a corner and, store and then it connects to other parts of the subway where the signs oh. are yeah. so we're like in the like literally like the worst spot. Right. even the the er girl was like she was like it was really hard to find you like how did you end up here like that's like, crazy yeah wow and so i i do believe things happen for a reason and it's like i've like i've just like had so many experiences and like everybody's had their own experience so, so you know i i definitely like kind of like tweak a little bit when i'm like when people like give a reason for everything sure. it's like oh my god there was a parking spot for me it fits the cover van. i'm like there's yeah. literally 10 other <laughs> yeah. parking spots on the street like you're fine babes <laughs> and so there's moments like that that i'm definitely like wow like for sure but um or like or also like with the signs thing it's like wait you're a capricorn to like, oh, like everything then but they like but they literally like that's they're like that's their sign and like right. you know to their own right yeah. like everybody has their own like way and like i respect that and like i'll be like yeah okay but i i do i've had like some really crazy experiences like um like like spiritual experiences like it, it just makes even the way my my mom and dad met was so like supernatural it was like it's it's like crazy stuff, and everybody has their own stories and testimonies. Have I think you ever written about that? Because that's also cool too to write like about a familial experience. Without that happening, you wouldn't be here. So yeah, no, I haven't. I haven't at all written about that. What was that experience? If you're open to sharing, like my spiritual experience, no, or their, they're the them family? meeting. I'm just curious. So <laughs> you say it's like yeah. crazy. I was like, now I gotta yeah. know. Yeah, it honestly is crazy. Okay, so I'll try to summarize. It's kind of a long story. Um, so my mom was in ministry, right, doing her thing. And she had this friend, like such a great friend of hers called Danny. And Danny was like known as like a playboy, but he had just joined the church. And like, um, you know, he would like flirt with my mom, but my mom wouldn't do anything. And they were just best friends. And Danny one day, like, and he really liked my mom. And my mom had a dream and she said that she, like in the vision, she like was warned to stay away from Danny. And Danny, that same night, apparently he had never, ever heard like God's voice before. And he, he said, stay away from my anointed one. And he woke up and like, he like woke up in chills and like was sweating. And, um, and so he like stopped flirting with my mom. And then a couple weeks later, my mom gets this like dream or whatever. And like in the dream, or like she said, she like heard the Holy Spirit of God say, um, ask ask Danny about a friend, Patrick, he needs healing. And my, and I've met Danny he's like a few times, like he's such a great guy, like super chill, like super successful, you know, you know, found ministry like late in life, whatever. Yeah. And, um, he was like, had just met my dad, Patrick. 
And my mom had no idea about this person, Patrick, like nothing, nothing at all. And so my mom calls up Danny and goes, hey, do you have a friend named Patrick? Like God spoke to me and said, like, he needs healing. And he was like, yeah, actually I have this one friend. He's like going through a lot. My dad was going through a lot of depression at the time. Like it was a lot. Like he was like have falling out with like his family situation. It's a lot of complicated stuff. And so my mom sang for him and he like his, his testimony of it is that he like, they weren't attracted to each other at the beginning, but he went through this a huge emotional release from it and like it ministered to him. And so they became friends and like started hanging out or whatever. Yeah. And then, um, like God spoke to my mom again and like told her that she's like, like Patrick's for her. And like, she, at first, what she always tells her, she's like, she like, didn't want that low key. Like she like genuinely didn't. So, but then it's like weird how over like a month, like things started to change. And then they like went on a date and they got married and they've been married for 22, 23 years. And they got married after three months. Wow. And they had me and my mom had a vision. Oh, she always used to tell this to me. Um, but right before actually she even found out that she was pregnant, I think. Yeah, before she had found out she was pregnant, or I think they had even like, you know, gotten married and like, you know, done the duty or whatever. Um, she had apparently heard that like, you're going to have an, a son named Joshua. She said that she saw me and it was a spitting image in like a bathtub. His name Joshua. Um, and, or you're going to have a son. And to name him Joshua for like, he is to be a leader or something. And so she, and then she found out she was pregnant and she said like, I was a spitting image, but the way they met was just so crazy in the sense of like how it also just like led to the fact they weren't attracted at first, but then they like fell in love. And then, and my, it's also interesting too, because my mom took care of my grandparents almost my entire life. Mm -hmm. And my grandma did not approve of my mom because she thought it was for the papers. My mom to this day is not a citizen still. Like she doesn't even like, she's like, you know, I like, like having my citizenship as a Mexican. Yeah. And like I have my permanent residency and my green card. Mm -hmm. And so she also like, requested that to get a DNA test rest in peace my I like love regret but she like she was also schizophrenic I had like dementia and stuff yeah. but she she requested to get a DNA test to prove that I was the son and everything and so it was it was definitely a lot that my mom had to go through with his family but they they're 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 a great example they've like you know like general arguments and stuff growing up but I feel like they have given me a good example of at least communication like my mom's like Latina and fiery and so she like snaps at him and you know it's just normal right it's yeah. a relationship but and it's definitely very dramatic like I lived around a very dramatic family and like dramatic mom and stuff but it, it was it definitely is one of those stories where I feel like I have chased love for so long and have always been heartbroken from it. And like, I actually just recently started thinking about it and I was like, what's meant for me is going to come to me. And I like, also love that as a song idea, not to cut you off. Yeah. But that's a whole low other. key. Like I'm ready to like, wait for the perfect person who fills all my needs, but also is like, like that, that, that they need to add to your life. The, yeah. Though the person adds to my life, but you know, like there's always that, like the person you're meant to be with or the perfect one. And I feel like, I feel like I'm ready to like go through all the motions to say also no to situations that I know my gut's telling me no about yeah. and that are unhealthy to get to the one. Yeah. It's just having a good shit radar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like like you go through so all these people and it's like, 
you know, red flags or certain thing pops up, your shit radar goes off. You're like, no, I'm good. Yeah, because somebody good. doesn't like my dog, June, they're gone. <laughs> if they don't like my cat, Milo, have you guys seen my cat? This is my baby. Hold on. <laughs> he is 22 pounds. He's a purebred Maine Coon. Oh my God. And he is my pride and joy. So anyone who isn't a cat person. Is that the only pet you've had? No, I grew up with a lot of cats. Like we like fostered cats and like they like would always end up pregnant and have like 20 babies. And so we always had cats and I had like a dog. I had a pet squirrel once. Um, not like a pet, like my dad like rescued it cause they were going to get exterminated from this roofing job he was going to do or whatever. Yeah. And like I named him Sammy and he, we would like, we tried to set him free after he got better, but like he, he literally would like he stayed with us and he would we always would wear shirts with pockets and he would sit in the pocket no and I way have photos of me when i'm like 12 like hanging out with my squirrel sammy we would go to weddings with him and we would go to like events we'd go to church and like sammy was always with us yeah and then he like he got like sick and died unfortunately i was like that was i was so sad honestly i, I don't think i've ever like cried so much in my entire life i really love that that squirrel but like we even had a hawk at one point that my dad rescued off the side of the street he had three raccoons that like just showed up on the porch and like would hang out we had like deer very like weird i had a pet fly at one point like with my roommates i'm, I'm like weird with Wait, animals. Hold up. go into that <laughs> bro it's i have like all these videos my friend uh, alex kawaguchi posted this video called 50 shades of fly and it was so funny because like it was literally like having like a paid actor because we were living in this house in arizona there was this fly that like was always on the counter and it like fell over and i guess it's like wings like were like falling off or whatever and it would spin and so we're like oh like whatever and we'd help the fly but he would just chill there i don't know because like normal my normal instinct is like kill the fly yeah right like just like why are we doing this yeah. but for some <laughs> reason there was something about the fly that we were like wait no this is like we need to like nourish it and so we would see it was there on the counter it wouldn't fly away every single day and sometimes we'd like find it on the floor somewhere we'd wake up be like where's where is he? Like, yeah. <laughs> and I'd be like, Lauren, I like, could you check over there? And he'd like be on the counter. Like, Come on, buddy. And he would like hop onto our finger and we would put him on the table, like the no counter way. for two. And they don't have like a long life expectancy. No. This thing lived for, I like have proof like from day to day over two weeks. And it was so weird because like, we started to really love the fly and like we built like <laughs> so bad our two of our roommates like hated it like, <laughs> because we like built like a little like herbarium or whatever and we had like grapes in there and like I put like little chocolate chunks and like I like googled what flies can eat and I was like you know they can like you know they're like dog shit yeah. so it's like anything <laughs> I'm like oh like what what's their dietary restrictions yeah and we he just like chilled there and then one day um like he died and like we found him and turns out like we're like what are all these like little larvae and then i researched the difference between a male and a female like fly and a, it was a female fly and she was pregnant and so we're like wait like these are its babies and you think like we would just stop there but like no we were like i don't honestly it's so disgusting talking about it but we like <laughs> collected the larvae and put them in a special place where they could like feed off of food and like grow i genuinely don't know now i'm thinking about, i'm like talking about like this is so gross so is there like a swarm of flies well here's what place? happened we ended up like exterminating the situation because as i was watching that video on how to distinguish a male from a, a female fly it was like a youtube video Video. Yeah, the video was like five minutes long. We played it, and it kept going about the larva, whatever. And then it, it like was going on about flies, this and that. And it's like, and flies through their things with like with their little hands. And we always used to be like, oh, he's washing his hands, and like 
I have like sorry, I'm like as reflex. Um, <laughs> I would get like I would get like little I have like little videos of like him and like in slow motion doing his thing with his hands, and he would do it on our finger and stuff like. That, you know, that's what flies do. Yeah. And the, the video is like, uh, flies and they're blah, blah, blah. And they're spreading millions of disease germs. Bro, I kid you not. And I'm such a hypochondriac and I'm like so big <laughs> on germs. I started freaking out. I'm like, I'm literally like washing my hands. I'm like taping, taking my vitamin C supplements. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to do like a deworming cleanse. Like I'm so stressed. Yeah. And so at that point I was like, yeah, let's like exterminate the situation and get rid of the larva while we can. Yes. But it's probably a good that choice. Was, yeah. That was our, that was our pet fly. My car is like named after, after our pet fly. And Which so, is? um, I named it and I was like, and I, I, I'm bilingual, I'm half Mexican, but I named him Carlos and I was like, Carlos, my fly. And it was like my, it was my baby too. Yeah. Like, I don't know what I did. And then, so Something like, I named my about fly this fly just connected with you. It was really weird. No, in this video, I'll have to send it to you guys is like the funniest thing. This 50 shades of fly video. It's like so funny. Amazing. Um, but there's not yeah. really much to write about the fly, but no, maybe there that, is. Yeah. Well, it's, it's about connection, that. but that well, was great. Well, because the listeners know about Carl. Carl was our homie pet mouse. He was super chill. You had a pet, like, did you like buy him from Petco? Or? No. no, he just came in through like the air vent or some shit. Like, you know, this is in New York through the walls in New York. Most and like, what did you, you just like, let uh, him my come roommate, in? like, uh, our other roommate that lives with us now is just him and I in the apartment. Yeah. He would leave cheese out in the kitchen and shit because we knew he's coming. He'd just dip in there, grab the cheese and dip back out. But I'm so sorry. That's so gross. But, but like, like, I, like I had a fly, so like I can't know, say anything, but like, but the same like trauma with the, you know, the, the dead fly yeah. on the floor, wherever you found him. Once we but slid like, the couch like, close though. Like, was it actually like one of those things where like he would like come off and like pick up his food and like, dip? he didn't like us, but he would, he was around. He appreciated yeah. what you were doing for him. Oh, you'd hear him. You'd hear him at night, like in the wall. And yeah, shit. yeah. Yeah. He was like, okay. Yeah. yeah no, he was, was like, I'll respect your space and like, I won't eat like we had all a, your we walls had enough as long of him. as you feed me. Yeah. We, we were had missing enough of him when we pulled the uh, couch out and saw the rat poop. We were like, nope. Ooh. Yeah. But we were missing like our dogs from back home. So it was just like an extra, you know, another presence in the house. Yeah. So the, so the same trauma too. though was plugging the hole <laughs> that he came in through. So we had to plug the hole. Plug the hole. Yeah, but, but, but then he, he just goes and finds a different apartment. He just go, yeah, cheese from. It's yeah. just to our space, you know. Smart. So you didn't like exterminate him or anything. No. Right? Okay. We just said you're not welcome here anymore. Okay. That's that's like a nice. Not way like of the Roach it. Motels in New York. I like to think that Carl's still thriving. Honestly, <laughs> still thriving. Be, I think I could be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure like rats or mice, especially New York ones, probably have a long. I think they have a long life expectancy. It's like well, see, it wasn't uh, like, like six the, years or something. No, he wasn't like, like the rat. You see in the subway, it was like it's a little mouse. Like a little little mouse. Tiny mouse. Yeah. I'm gonna really quick. I'm just so curious. <laughs> yeah. What's the life expectancy of a mouse? It is four to five years. So, yeah, yeah. so, like six years. so I just want to also say, after hearing everything you've talked about, you're a very strong human being, right? Like you're, you're very, uh, you've gone through a lot, and I think it's built a strong foundation. But I think it's also really cool that you're open to being vulnerable. So I think there's like something about the strength and vulnerability that we could write about too. Yeah. yeah I mean, what are you feeling? What's your vibe today? Okay. So, you know, it's one of those things where I'm not going to lie. Like I've been like, I was like even really stressed. I had like two sessions yesterday and like, it's, it was one of those things where I like to really go in with like a creative and like a title or something or just start from scratch and see what we're feeling in the, in the moment. Yeah. And it's, you know, thankfully it's always been a thing where the session like, 
you know, something comes out and it works. Um, and I was like, definitely thinking today, I was like, what, what do I want to write about? And I think like, I had a very great conversation last night though, about, I was able to pinpoint a situation I've been going through emotionally and, and what I was talking about, about like the whole being used situation. Mm -hmm. And I also, but I also have this part of me that wants to, cause like a lot of my songs are like about that mental health aspect and like my experiences and relationships and what's that like, what that's like. And, um, and even like this one, like the same with in regards to family, I would love to like write a song or like work on a song that's a little bit more uplifting in a sense. If I'm being honest, like, but, but the emotions that are like most present right now, or I feel like I'm coming out of this, I'm, it's almost like a new chapter and in, in the sense like where it's almost scary like in everything and it could be pinpointed to specific things, but I'm like, wow, I'm healing. And like, I'm going through all these things, but like I have to let go of like everything else that I've ever known in a sense that I've like, where I've built that comfort and mm -hmm. to get to where I am now. Yeah. And so that's been interesting of like, also of the, I've noticed I've been having a lot of fears lately, which isn't like me. Like I'm a very like optimistic, like don't like, I, I'm not scared of like dying, but like recently I've like been, like just more fearful of like even just health stuff or like, you know, what could happen in the future with, you know, certain relationships. And I feel like there is, and my, and it, it sucks. Cause I'm like, I don't want to be fearful. Right. And I think fear is something that can like really scare you, but it's like, it actually like genuinely is, is it's a burden in a sense. And I think the fear recently that popped up was, it's so funny. I was in the car. I was driving my friend to the bar at like, this is like two nights ago, like 3 a.m. Or not 3 a.m. It was like 11. Felt like 3 a.m. But I was like, I'll take you. Like, I don't want you to like Uber and like be safe. She was with her best friend. And this, I like played this song and the song title wasn't there, but the like maps was up and it was like accident ahead. And then the friend was like, is it called accident ahead? And I was like, that's funny. no. And I was like, but then I thought about it. I was like, accent ahead I think like what that could mean is more of like at least when I think about that and like it might not be a great title but also it kind of brings in that like closure on the story of like this fear that's building up or all these different things and like being afraid of that accident ahead of of running into those things again like almost like revisiting your ghosts or like revisiting your mistakes or revisiting the the same I wrote this, I almost had this concept too of like seeing, revisiting the same person, like whether it's that friendship I was talking about, like I don't even name names, but like that friendship or that significant other right. in another person. And it's like, um, like it, it's basically like, I'm, I'm almost scared of like f those people presenting themselves in the people that I'm now surrounding myself with. Cause I'm like, yeah, I've like learned to like gauge and have a better discernment for people. Totally. But I'm still only 22 mm -hmm. and like people are still going to also want to use me. And like, it's just one of those things If you never know what can come up in someone. And yeah, some people are really good at putting on a fake face. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're great at putting on a facade and it's, um, it, it's something that that's something that has definitely been weighing on me. And so I'm like, there could be something there to write about. Yeah. Um, the friendship 
like maybe even writing about that in very like much detail and like even like kind of getting into that but I was in the car like driving home and I was like it must like you like basically like make me like hate myself in a sense and you have made me guilt trip myself in the sense of like how you've used me and I feel guilty for that and then also like but you are so I see your true colors but like you're constantly in this circle and in this world that I've like presented to you for you and you're still living through that and it's it's one of the things of like are your you know it, it's it's hard to even like express in the sense of it's it's more of like you're so perfect and you put on this facade like I know who you are so yeah. I know who you are and you know why I've done this and like yeah you make me hate myself but it must like suck to be you kind of vibe yeah and it must suck to be you because like you're projecting your insecurities and everything not just on me but the people around you and using them too and it must suck that you have to like find a way to continue to exist without and it's not even just me it's like uh, you know doing that to other people yeah and so that that was something I kind of like I had such an epiphany last night and I was like wow this like like I feel like I had this like I'm like, this epiphany is like what I've been like looking for to pinpoint. And I'm like, well, that's something we should write about then. Yeah. Just another angle on that. It could be like, instead of like, it must suck to be you. It's more like, like, I'm sorry for you. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. You can come from a place of, I wish you weren't like the way you are. I'm sorry for you. And then I also thought like, uh, because I also not to like, that's coming. All those emotions I'm saying is from a very, like when I was sitting in the moment, like having to accept and realize but I also still love, love, like, so it did like this heart. So it is one of those things of like, I do feel sorry. And I, I feel like I've tried so long to like help and like heal that person. And there's point, only so much you, you can do. You can't do, do that. Yeah. yeah. People have to want to change themselves. Uh, ultimately, you can help provide all the tools. But if they're not going to seek the help to do it or seek the self reflection, it's not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think there's definitely something there to write about for sure. I, I agree. And I think like it's it's definitely even one huge emotion I started feeling is like bitterness of like I've never like really felt bitter. And I was like, well, I have like this like really bitter, not even just taste, but like this bitter feeling about this person. I don't know why because I'm yeah. not a bitter person and I'm not like really a jelly per- jealous person. And then I was like, wait, like I had a very long conversation last night, like I was saying, and it kind of like led to... I was like, okay, this like this is justifiable, and I I think it's because I wasn't pinpointing the whole story of it. Yeah. And then once I was able to accept that, I was like, oh, okay, like I'm not because it was more of like I was judging myself for it. Like, why am I feeling this way? Like, why am I doing this? Like, and this person like had like done some really like low key like really like fucked up shit like that they should have never done to me. Yeah. Um, and so that's not cool at all. And like, I literally completely forgave them and like forgot it happened. And then when I started talking about all that stuff last night, I was like, okay, realistically, yes, you can forgive, but you also like, you don't have to forget. You can forgive, but you don't have to. Exactly. You don't have to forget. And you have to remember that stuff to protect yourself as well in the future. Right. And like I was saying, like, you just like, can't like, you just won't sit at my table. And I think that I actually loved like seat at my table or something like that. It's a great concept. That's really cool. I have been like, talking about that for so because that's another thing i'm very passionate about too is people will come to me and they're like really heartbroken they've gone through a lot they've like really been screwed over by someone and i'm like you can't hold on to that it's like you can still be civil you don't have to block them on the internet yeah right like i don't have to block you and like do all these things like i'm gonna see you everywhere i'm gonna see your face 
and you're going to see their face in, in, in so many different places and they're going to come up in your life. But what's most important is your peace. And to create that peace, there's, and like, I understand, you know, different people have like different ways of like dealing with stuff right. to each their own. But my thing is like, you can still be civil and still, as long as it's a respect, a mutually respect, respectful situation, you don't have to, you know, like address a situation that could like be really bad or something. Just like, just know like where you're home and where you're comfort and the people that are there for you. And like, who's going to be at that, like that dinner table, like at five and like who you're going to welcome into your home, into your space. Cause I also wrote this song with my friend Mira, Mira Housie. Like I was telling you about her, she's literally so talented and it was about this like situation ship I had. And it's, it's, um, it's, it's about, it's called lock the door and it's about like letting go of a certain situation and like letting them take what's theirs. And I wrote that about a specific person I was in a relationship situation ship with that honestly is like 90% of my music is about this person. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's definitely targeted towards like, um, this one person, but like in regards to friendships and stuff, there's this other person. And, and honestly, it's not even just one, it's, it's multiple people, but I think it's just pre presenting itself in a way where I'm like, it's hitting me and I'm like, oh, wow. Like, how was I like literally so blind for so long? And like, I also like realized I was creating a different version of myself and everything that was against my beliefs and my morals and against who I was an individual and what I wanted to do with my creativity and like how I wanted to look and like how yeah. I wanted to people to perceive me or who I wanted to like spend my time with or what party I wanted to go to. All of that was being, and it's not their fault in a sense like yes there was some manipulation but like it, it was one of those things like i just wasn't happy i wasn't yeah. happy yeah and so now i'm like wow i'm so much happier just like not doing that all but, because they don't have a seat at your table exactly so let's go write it let's do it i'm down okay i'm excited i'm down let's all right do it. Okay, yeah cool. well okay. thank you for being on let's go create some music yeah let's do it no i'm excited and i'm so glad we had this conversation too like i feel like this like really just one like to you know get to know each other absolutely it does really but, help it, it honestly it really helps. helps pull. And like you're saying, like I, I also like don't have an issue. Like I have to like, like being in vulnerability is something I've never had an issue with. Cause my dad was also like a very vulnerable person. Like he told me like he would cry all the yeah. time. And I was like, like, why are you crying? Like I would like get pissed as a teenager. I'd be like, why are you <laughs> dad? Like, why are you crying? Like I was like, why, why are you just sitting there on your knees? Like crying? Like, what, what are you crying about? He's like, and he would like cry, but he would always be like, it's good to cry. He's like, it's, which also is kind of a good song too. Good to cry. Good to a, cry. Yeah. That's cool. I kind of fuck with that too. Like yeah. But <laughs> I like both. We should write both of them down. But Good to Cry is because he was like talking about how like you need to release those emotions and to allow space for healing. It's vulnerability that allows you. And it's also hard to be vulnerable when you're not confident in yourself. And finding that confidence in yourself takes a lot of time and a lot Absolutely. of work. And like, I'm still working on it every day. I think we work we on are. that for the whole, for our whole lives. <laughs> That's literally what life is, is like figuring that out. Right. Acting class helped me though. I will say if like acting class really helped me find a way to like, you know, find that inner Josh and that like vulnerable side of me and that like wants to be weird. Cause I'm yeah. also like so weird. Like, like I like just like do the most random. I'm also like have super bad ADHD. And so like, you know, I like let out noises to do super stuff or I'll just be singing all the time. And like, I'll say random stuff and like, just be me. And I was always, I created like these like walls around who I was to be cool and make friends. And like, I realized that my best friends are the people who love me for those things. 
And I'm that's like, right, wait, that's like the authentic Josh. Exactly. I'm like, oh, I don't need this person's approval to be a friend with them. I also don't need to like think about what I'm going to be in and their like their point of view, like how I'm going to look to them and even just in relationships. Yeah. And so anyway, but yeah, no, let's definitely write about it. It's good to cry. And then um, seat at the table, seat at the table. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Let's do it. Okay. I'm excited. Good stuff. So everyone can find you and your yes, stuff. Plug yeah. the socials and, and whatever else you want to yeah, get out there. Yeah. Um, so Josh Sadowski and everything. So like TikTok, Snapchat, like YouTube, soon to be Spotify. Cause I don't have anything out yet. I've been like really focusing on honing in to make it I'm such a perfectionist too. Yeah. So I just want to be happy with it where I'm excited to like perform it and excited to like share it with people. Yeah. And I'm getting there and I'm getting really excited. But um, I'm starting to post more on everything. So Josh Sadowski on all socials. So amazing. Cool. All right. All right. Let's do it. Ooh.